recording. Okay, and I can't hear myself, which is great. That is good for everyone. Wow, I've realised doing this podcast that I don't like listening to my own voice. Isn't that every human ever? Yeah. I actually like listening to my own voice. I'm probably the exception. Are you serious? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I've worked hard on having a voice that I like, and so I like listening to it being like, <laughs> wait a minute. that is what I sound like. You worked hard. What did you do? So your voice is uh, a result of the, the way that your muscles are, and you can teach them. So if you start te- teaching, talking in a deeper voice, your voice will naturally become deeper. So did you just start talking in a deeper voice? I did. <laughs> I can't believe that I didn't know this about you already. Yeah, I think I did it while we were together. Probably told you at the time. No, I no, I don't think that you did. <laughs> uh, so I, I like my voice because I it's it's in the range that I would like it to be, even when I forget. So if I just start talking more like this, will that work? Yeah, but that sounds interesting. <laughs> Okay, you ready to go? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start and then you're going to introduce me and then I'm going to ask you about Christmas. Wait, then what? Say that again. So yeah, we'll, we'll just go for it. You ready? <laughs> okay, go. Hello and welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. And my ex is Peter C. Hayward. How was your Christmas, SJ? My Christmas was fine. I don't really like Christmas. Why not? Um, By the way, we should talk about why I sound so echoey at the moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm staying in Brisbane with my auntie Karen, who is a night nurse at a, a boarding school, except it's the school holidays, and so I'm in this kind of empty school. Uh, it's totally dark where I am. SJ can see me on Skype, but I'm in this dark hallway with like a PowerPoint and a chair and a bin and nothing else. You look like you're in like about halfway through the Blair Witch Project, <laughs> and someone's going to murder you. That's, that's the dream. I'm going to take a screenshot. And we'll put that up in the show notes. Which reminds me, I watched a movie called The Imposter last night. It's a documentary. Um, oh, is it a doco? I didn't realize. It's a documentary. I didn't tell you anything about it. Not even that scrap of information. And I won't tell you anyone anything else about it except for you have to go see it. Don't go. Just just watch it. It's online. You'll be able to find it. I'll watch it. And then uh, in two podcast time, because we record two every every two weeks, uh, I'll have seen it, and then we can discuss it on the podcast. How about that? Woo! <laughs> you sound so sarcastically uninterested. Well, it reminds me of looking at you because you're in a dark space, and that movie was a bit terrifying. Eh. Ah, so Christmas. You don't like Christmas? No, I don't really like Christmas. Why? Christmas is is the best. Are you the Grinch? Are you evil? Is this like the cat thing? What are you talking about? I love cats. You are the cat Grinch. I know. So what I'm saying is like in the movies, the person who hates cats is the bad guy. Oh, but I hate Christmas. Which makes you the movie bad guy. I don't hate Christmas. I just don't love (laughs) Christmas. Are you you saying that so you don't become the villain? Yes. And also (laughs) because I don't hate Christmas. How do you feel about Christmas? I feel like awkward and mixed emotions about Christmas. Why? I don't understand. Christmas when I was little was really good because oh, I was yeah, like, "Oh yeah, your family don't really do Christmas particularly." Of course, you've been to my family Christmas, and my my family just don't my family don't really get into it, which is fine. Um, but it, like my brother, I love him, but I have seen him receive gifts in some awful ways. Well, one of my brothers, anyway, and like my dad rang me up this year to tell me off for buying people presents. You dickhead. I know. He was like, Whoa, well, now we have to get everyone presents. And I was like, oh, Dad, it, you don't have that, to do that. Christmas. I just thought <laughs> I wanted to do it. 
Um, so when I, when I first came to Christmas with your family, I brought along a few little Christmas traditions that I like, such as buying people presents. <laughs> yeah, you did that crazy thing. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, oh, okay, I guess. And I, like, I really like giving and getting presents. I think that's fun. Uh, I remember I got your mum, Tim Minchin and the Heritage Orchestra. That's a good documentary. It's not a documentary. Oh, uh, no, that's a good... <laughs> no, I was thinking of the Tim Minchin documentary, Rock, oh, and, Rock and Roll, Roll Nerd, Nerd. which so is a good, good documentary. Yeah, uh, and so I, I remember, just, I remember like putting effort into getting everyone presents and they're like, oh, this is so lovely. And I was like, I've brought Christmas cheer to the horrible, horrible family. <laughs> no, no, my family's fine. I think mostly they just find it stressful. Um, my, I do actually quite like your family. I should specify uh, They're not horrible. I love they're my just, family too. But they're just not very Christmassy. I, I've, I mostly just get a bit anxious and a bit awkward seeing like relatives that I don't see really except for at Christmas. Right, and, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that this story is unusual at all. And um, my mum gets, I think she's a bit better now, but she gets stressed. And sometimes my sister yells at me. And is I don't it, think Is that a Christmas so, exclusive? <laughs> no, I don't think it happens so much anymore. I think she, she just gets, she's, she just doesn't want mum to be quite so stressed. Um, yeah, it's just not, it's not really a big deal in, in my family. But, oh my God, this year we played Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> if you, uh, my brother Sam gave it to my other brother Ben. And it's a card game. It's kind of like the game Apples to Apples. It's really simple and uh, someone is like, get, picks up a card and is like, oh, I'm trying to think of what one of them might be. Uh, no, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't really matter what the card game is. It's a really good game. It's a very good kind of like mainstream card game. Okay, so, so it's interesting you bring that up because I actually had a big debate today with some of our mutual friends. I won't mention names in case they don't want to be mentioned, but uh, basically their stance was sort of... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read quotes because I thought I think you'll enjoy hearing bits and pieces of this conversation. And they're, they're sort of like of the opinion that Cards Against Humanity is, is a, a force for evil in the world. Wait on. What? A force for evil? Yeah, and I said uh, it's interesting because... Here we go, so... Uh, they, they found this review. There's a website called Shut Up and Sit Down, which is really good. Uh, it is a board game review site uh, with videos and it's British. It's funny and hilarious. And they hate Shut Up. Uh, they hate Cards Against Humanity. Why? And so uh, here we go. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to quote the review and then I'm going to quote my friends. Then I want to hear your thoughts on it because I know you have thoughts on everything. Uh, uh, thoughts is maybe like putting it a bit too nicely. No, th thoughts is genuinely like the lowest possible thing you can use to describe. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, the, ta the, the tagline is the card game for horrible people. Yeah. This review says, Horrible grants Cards Against Humanity more bravado than it deserves. Beneath the brash and explicit surface is a system that enables behavior that I personally find to be tepid and weak. This is the review from Shut Up, Sit Down. One of the great pleasures of, car of games is allowing you to briefly play a role that's different for your own. But I can't help but cringe when faced with the glee of people using a deck of cards to pretend they're the square root of Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> the square root of Jeremy Clarkson is a great line. <laughs> Uh, my friends were like, good review, I agree. Uh, and I said that it was a... I, I, so I, I design board games. That's that's what I'm trying to get into as a, as a job at the moment. Um, and I, I don't like it as a game particularly, but I also don't like Apples to Apples, and it's basically the same game. I just think it's... I find it boring. I don't think it's inherently bad. Can you explain what the game is? Like... Oh, okay, so, so you're given uh, a hand of little white cards, and they'll start, say stuff like some of the famous ones are poor people or a big black dick. Or a bigger blacker dick. Or the patriarchy. 
Or, or the patriarchy, or surprise sex. Or running out of semen. But they can also be boring stuff like a banana, or... Yeah, or, or a koala with chlamydia. That's from the Australian experience. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then one person will put a black card in the middle that'll have a sentence with a gap in it. Uh, and I actually don't know any of the top of my head, but it could be like... Oh, one of them was th- that I that was in the other one the other day, because we had the Australian version, was like, are you thinking what I'm thinking, B1? I think I am, B2. It's blank, blank time. time. So yeah, which it is, is an Australian kids show uh, for people who aren't from Australia listening and being like, what the fuck? How do we get into bees? What's happening here? So then you uh, pick one of your white cards that you think will be the funniest. So, so it you, could be like a koala with chlamydia time or a Tony Abbott in Speedo's time. Yeah. And then the person who had, who, the person who played the black card, who's played the black card is the person who chooses. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a pretty so, simple like, game. Yeah. It's pretty simple. It's, it's a shallow experience, which is fine. Uh, in the same way as, you know, making a pun is a shallow experience. You're not going to go home with your life changed because of that pun. Uh, I don't personally find it interesting. I know lots of people who do. So I was, I was talking to these people and I said, you know, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to read chunks of the conversation. Uh, the contents of the card are very well written. This is me in a way that I find totally uninteresting. The mechanics of the game I find tedious, ditto apples to apples, but it's very well designed. Uh, shallow experience doesn't equal bad. And so, so many people love it. SJ, who is intelligent, creative, socially aware, and just generally great would probably call it one of her favorite card games. Uh, because Me? you don't really play card games yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I have enough, play enough card games to have a favorite. Yeah. But I had a lot of fun. And my entire family, we laughed our ass off. And so this, this review is about the fact that they think it's like, shut up and sit down. Is like, look, I don't think it's right to say to people, hey, here's an opportunity to be an awful person. Whereas I said, uh, I have no issue with people setting up a space to say, okay, we're going to be offensive now because we don't mean it. Being offensive in that space and resuming life is normal. And then my friends uh, were kind of like, oh, can you be offensive in a safe space and return to the real world unchanged? It's like saying, yeah, I only make sexist jokes with my mates. I don't really think about that. If we were to say, hey, we all know it's bad to use the F slur, which is uh, the F-A-G-G-O-T slur, not the F word. Um, so it's cool if we just say, just here and just ask for something that's using it. Is it fine? I don't feel like it's fine. Okay, what you're saying is just like a whole babble of words. Sorry, I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, <laughs> Basically, the, the crux of their argument was that they think it's it's weird and not a good thing to be like, hey, we're going to be awful for a while and it's okay. So so what I what's interesting is when I... Because the tagline of the game is um, a card game for horrible people. I thought that was a bit of a stretch, if that makes sense. But there's... Uh, so did you, did you only play the Australian version? I've only played the Australian version and... Right. Obviously, there's awful stuff in there, but right, yeah. I didn't think to me the the tagline didn't totally match. Like, you didn't have to be a horrible person to play the game. But when I think of horrible people playing card games, I think of deception, not putting <laughs> down a card with a thing that you didn't write on it. Right, and so that's sort of their argument, uh, my friends, and also this website that by being like, "Hey guys, it's okay, you didn't write it," then you're relieving them of any responsibility of saying or thinking awful things. Yeah. See, I have no issue with it, but I, uh, and I, I just find it really interesting because you are very left-wing and my friends who I was arguing with are very left-wing. And so I was just curious as to whether your left-wingness aligned with theirs. Well, I thought it was a lot of fun, but I didn't really, like, I, it's, I didn't think about it politically and I didn't put, like, I didn't use any of the cards that I thought was sour in a way that I didn't like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, as you said before, there's, like, a card that says poor people on it. 
I was like, that's not funny. Right. So I just swapped. I, I kept swapping over my cards to try and find ones that I thought were funny. Right. So you, you sort of filtered the game. And I really found it fun because I ended up with all these feminist cards. I ended up with like the patri- the patriarchy, suffragettes, um, the glass ceiling. <laughs> and so I just found it really fun to just ke- keep putting down yeah. feminist well, cards. See, see the, the guys who make it are, are pretty politically correct. Like the original version had way more offensive stuff and they've started really phasing that out. So the original one had... Uh, date rape as one of the white cards and it had yeah see i yeah i would not be into that the australian version really didn't have like it didn't have as much sour stuff probably like i found it really fun and i got to hear my mom say the words daniel radcliffe's delicious asshole (laughs) which was was a milestone in my life (laughs) what you've been secretly waiting for your whole life Finally came true. I mean, I think the thing that I found frustrating was that it was so obvious which ones were the cards that would win because they were all just stuff to do with sex that had long descriptions. Oh, right. Yeah. See, I, I like I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't enjoy playing it for two reasons. Firstly, I think the game is a bit tedious, uh, but I think the same with Apples to Apples. And secondly, I get really frustrated when I put down a well-constructed joke and I lose to a funnier card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. But... Part of it, part of what I enjoy about the game is that the definition of funny is the person who's deciding. Yeah, so you have to play to the person. So then you you play to the person who's deciding what's funny. And so like one of my brothers really likes simple sex jokes. So I was just like, masturbation, that's going down there. <laughs> Did you win with masturbation? Actually, my mum won so hardcore the whole game. <laughs> Absolutely. She just, she just whooped us real bad See, i i personally have no issue with saying like hey for the next 40 minutes we're going to be offensive and then we're not going to be offensive anymore and i don't think that reflects badly on you as a as a person or affects your quote real life or anything like that like for example if i like i enjoy a well-constructed joke i i really i'm really into comedy theory and the construction of jokes and there are some very well-constructed jokes that have awful contents so I don't, I don't have an issue with, with like hanging out with people and being like, hey, let's tell really racist jokes for a bit just so I can hear these racist jokes. And then I don't think that secretly like worms into your brain and turns you into a racist or anything like that. Mm, I, uh, I don't know what my opinion is on this. That's okay. You don't have to have an opinion. On I it. think that I, I'm definitely, I don't think that I think that, um, you know, there's things that can't, like jokes can't be made about them. Does that make sense? So you think there's no topic that's off limits for humor? I actually don't think that there's topics that are off limits for humor, but I think it depends who the person is that's telling the joke. Context. (laughs) And the joke has to be fucking good. So that's my opinion on it. You also, uh, this is going to sound weird and possibly patronizing. It's not meant to, but you don't have to, like even though we're doing a podcast, you don't have to have an opinion on things. And I feel like there's this real... Yeah, pressure I... for everyone to have opinions all the time on everything. And so I just want to take this opportunity to say, hey, you can be like, I'm going to think about that and then either think about it or not think about it. And that's fine. Yeah, I do feel like that not only I have to have opinions, but also that they should be good and intelligent and well thought out. No, I think if you have opinions, they should be good. I'm saying you don't have to have an opinion. Oh, I okay. So I definitely have the opinion that I don't think anything... I, I don't think that anything should specifically be off limits in comedy. And I think that it depends on who's making the joke 
and the, the joke be fucking good. So yeah, context, context and quality. In terms of cards against humanity... You don't have an opinion? I don't know. Like, I played the joke, but I didn't... I, I played the game, but I didn't think it was like, here's an opportunity to be racist because all of the stuff that, that came up that was, like, offensive, I just didn't think was funny. Yeah. So I just didn't use it. But I think, um, you know, there's also jokes that are... The joke is that what you're saying is so ridiculous. Yeah, so there's there's the joke of... I think we talked about this a little bit last time. And and that's and that's what the thing... I mean, Cards Against Humanity, most of the joke is like, oh my God, you can't say that. Whether it's Daniel Radcliffe's delicious asshole or, you know, something much more unsavory. It's just... It's it's tab- taboo in, in different ways. Yes, taboo in different ways. But I'm not... I'm... I, I guess that's just about how you think about humor because you get the cards, but you decide which ones you put down and how you play the game, which is very open to interpretation. When we played the game, we basically just went, if you want to change your cards over, which you're only supposed to do if you have points, just change your cards over. We don't care. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't reduce the fun of the game for anyone and it adds fun. Yeah. I, I went into game designer. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, the other thing is that I write I write quite dark porn. Have you ever read any of my erotica? Other than um, the billionaire's tentacle, no, <laughs> yeah, the, the bil- billionaire tentacle. Yeah, uh, bred by the billionaire tentacle is my it's my favorite that I've written because it's just so stupid that I can send it to people and have them be like, oh yeah, he writes porn. Oh, this is hilarious. Um, but other than that, I write quite kind of dark. Wait on, wait on, wait on. Before you move on from that, do you remember when you proposed to me? I do remember, weirdly enough, SJ. <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember that. I do remember, yeah. But you proposed to me and you read some of that story, Bred by the Billionaire Tentacle, out. <laughs> not as part of the proposal. It wasn't as part of the proposal, but it, during the event, you just told a bunch of stories from your life. And yeah, so I, I, I'm just going to give a bit of context. I proposed to SJ very publicly on my birthday at a charity gala that I was hosting. Uh, and so the gala was sort of like that you produced called, that I that I produced and was hosting. So it was called Chocolate Coated Evening, and I basically just like had all of my comedy friends and and musician friends come up and do little pieces, and then each between each in between each one, I would either tell a story from my life or or you know read from something I'd written or something like that. It was very self indulgent. I had a really good time. And at the end of it, I, <laughs> it was very self indulgent. I had a really good time. <laughs> like, has there never been more of a Peter quote? <laughs> I don't know, like, sometimes you can have stuff that's self-indulgent that's not good. I feel like this was self-indulgent and good. Have you seen the BBC show Sherlock? No. Oh, I think so. As it goes on, it gets more and more self-indulgent and drops in quality. Uh. So, uh, but this was self-indulgent and also fun. Like, everyone had a good time. And at the very end of the night, I proposed to you, and it was a delightful time. Uh, Gavin, my cousin, who's like a brother to me, was on speakerphone, so we got to hear it. Delightful. Uh, I was terrified. And yeah, confused. you thought it was a joke. <laughs> I thought you were joking. Uh, and so as part of my like hosting, I read out bits of Bread by the Billionaire Tentacle and you sang a few songs right at the end or throughout the night? You put me as a headliner and I was really confused as to why you did that. Because I was going to propose SJ. Yeah, I worked that out. <laughs> uh, and, you, and you were putting together the songs you were going to sing and you wanted yeah. to do this one about a really awful date you had. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, no, you can't do that. And you were like, why? And I fucking suck at keeping secrets. Like... I can keep other people's secrets okay, but my own secrets, I just, I don't do it. I'm, this, this podcast is called Being Honest because I just don't lie about anything ever. Yeah, you're very bad and at so, it. so, 
it was like what three or four months that we were setting up this thing that I had to continually not tell you about something that was huge, which is a bad idea, by the way. Don't spring a proposal on someone. Okay, I am really glad you said that because I feel like if we've learned anything anything from that event, it's don't surprise propose to people. Just don't do it. This is a public service announcement. Don't ever, <laughs> ever do that to someone. No, have a conversation. Marriage is a decision that you should make together in private yeah if you then want to do the big public proposal you can like get your acting pants on take some improv lessons or whatever do the whole <laughs> thing do not propose to someone in public have a conversation first yeah. uh, and so I'm, I'm very honest about everything so having this secret for like three to four months almost fucking killed me i was i was i was stressed by the end of it um for christmas i got my mum gavin and stacy which is my second favorite tv show of all time because it's amazing i watched through that with you didn't i mm-hmm. <laughs> why aren't you talking yesterday why are you why are you just humming in response i have a bunch of water in my mouth <laughs> uh in gavin and stacy season two one of the characters hosts a surprise birthday party for the other one and he almost like has a heart attack by the end of it because he's so stressed from keeping this secret and that is exactly what i felt like uh, so at this comedy gala where I proposed, I did read out Bread for the Billionaire Tentacle. But the point I was making is that like I write dark erotica mm. because I, I find it I find it hot. Like it's fucked up and interesting and twisted. And I don't like this idea that people are like, well, you can't play cards against humanity and make awful jokes without secretly being a bit of an awful person. Because I write about quite intense and horrible themes sometimes. Mm. Well, I don't think I'm an intense and horrible person. Like I think that you can have... I think you can really segregate those parts of your life. And so, like... Well, be, well, because... Okay, and, like, totally correct me if I'm wrong, but your stuff would play on, like, racial or, like, sexuality taboos. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's about racial taboo. It's almost always... So I, I mostly write incest, and that's all about sexual taboos. Yeah. Uh, and I have no interest in my family members or in any real-life family members getting together in the same <laughs> way as you can watch Die Hard and not want to go out and kill a bunch of people. Like, yeah. Or even, like, you know, what's something where, they, where the character is a little bit sociopathic and kills the joy. American Psycho. Um, have you seen American Psycho? Yeah. Yeah, so you know American Psycho, he really gets off on those evil murders. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> uh, so you can watch that and kind of delight in the horrible killing of it without wanting to do that. It's totally possible. Wait on, I don't understand delighting in the horribleness of that movie. That movie was terrifying. Yeah, but there's some people who watch a bloodbath in a film and are like, oh, that's really fun. Ugh. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that reaction is a problem. What? No, 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 no. no. Like, that, like, the to me, the idea of of getting excited by that like makes me feel weird right but if that's your thing yeah okay so what you said was not if that's your thing different strokes for different pokes you didn't pokes, say pokes. just <laughs> you didn't say different strokes for different folks you said ew yeah that is true okay i've been thinking about this a lot lately too yep because i've been thinking about like sex and my sexuality and what i'm interested in and what i used to be interested in and you know that you know that whole rule which I remember learning when I was a teenager of like you always go one step further in porn than you would in real life. I was not aware that was a rule, but sure, that makes sense. Okay, it's a rule. It's like canon for every teenager. Um, <laughs> so like you, so you search out things in pornography that you wouldn't do in real life um, because they're exciting. And there's there's a lot you know there's a lot of research. They're, they're titillating. Yeah, they're titillating. That. 
that the human brain is attracted to things that are exciting and wrong. It just gets like it gets you off. Yeah. And and yeah, things that you're not supposed to be doing are sexually arousing, even if it's like having sex in public or having loud sex when people can hear or whatever it is that you think might be wrong. Yeah. But I used to be so so I think there's some really interesting ideas about like sexuality and kinks and how they develop. I I've been in relationships where I've been like really kinky and done lots of really kinky kind of stuff. And then I've I've felt really trapped by that. I don't understand. Uh, so I've felt trapped because I'm like, oh God, like I feel like I'm pigeonholing myself with what I'm interested in. Because so you ha- you have kind of a different sexuality because yeah. So I'm I'm very vanilla in the bedroom. Yeah, but you write what you're like your fantasies are very not vanilla. Oh yeah, yeah. So so while I'm while I'm having sex with the ladies. All I need is a naked lady, and I am happy as a as a heterosexual male with a naked lady. Um, what about a lady that is wearing like head to toe clothes, but just has holes over the nipples? That is not attractive and, to me at and all. The, and the eyes. <laughs> no, and why like, do I want that? <laughs> three toes. No, that's not. No, <laughs> I don't understand how you. Go. Is this why you always dressed like that? Did you think that was my thing? I have been wondering that for years. <laughs> that is why I made that costume out of latex and glitter. Um, so while I'm in bed with someone, I just want to have vanilla sex. Uh, but the way that I get off, and I found that this is like a style of thing that, like, I, I have an article on Cracked. Um, it's so funny because I have not really talked to you about sex in... Since we were together? Yeah. Even like... when we were together, we didn't talk about sex a lot. Didn't we? We weren't great at talking about sex. There was a, I can't we remember, a lot of but I imagine that we probably weren't as good as we might be now. But oh, I yeah, haven't spoken not. to you about sex in in a long time. Anyway, so go so on. while I'm I'm in a cracked article, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, and by that I mean SJ will put a link in the show notes. Ha ha! <laughs> and in that, I talk about this whole idea that uh, when when some people, myself included, get off, they need a narrative running through their head. Yeah. Um, some people it's all about like touch. Some people it's all about fantasy. Some people it's all about I don't know whatever other things. Uh, and for me, it's very much about fantasy. And so even while I'm in bed with a lady, I'm generally not thinking about that person. I'm thinking about other stuff. That's how I get off. It's not a judgment on you. It's not a it's not a failing or anything like that. It's just how it works for me. Uh, whereas other people are not built like that. Is that what you were getting at? Oh, I mean, like yeah, people are built totally differently. But yeah, you are kind of like very fantastical yeah like cerebral and then the actual what it looks like is very vanilla that makes sense yeah what's going on in your brain you wouldn't probably describe as vanilla no definitely not um not that there's anything wrong with vanilla like i just feel like i I should mention that i think i i like vanilla because it's not a derogatory term it's many people's favorite ice cream okay good all right madagascan vanilla bean (laughs) it's the second most expensive substance on the planet so what behind what saffron is that what it is i thought you were gonna say like gold like gold is way more expensive than ice cream no i mean vanilla the like actual vanilla oh that actual vanilla okay (laughs) anyway so you were saying uh you work differently to me where are you going with that oh yeah so so you physically have vanilla sex in your brain you have non-vanilla sex yeah um i've done a bunch of different stuff but i used to get into situations where 
or I have been in situations where I'd have very like non-vanilla sex. Um, in particular, I've had a few relationships where like over the progression of the relationship, it would just get increasingly, increasingly more non-vanilla, which is yeah. exactly how kind of like my experience and a lot of ex- people's experience of watching porn goes. You just like start yeah. somewhere and then you're like, oh, and then that thing. And then you're like, oh, actually that other thing. And then there's something that you're like, oh, that's like weird. And I don't want to. And then you're like, oh, actually. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah. it escalates. Yeah, it escalates, which is funny because I like I know that. And so I would get into this situation where I used to have like a, a porn tumbler. Which is one of the best ways to watch porn. I didn't know that. Oh, oh, oh! I think you, you used to run a porn top. Mm. Well, yeah, I had one, then I would like not of, not of me, just of stuff that I was into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Tumblr is the best for that. Tumblr is really good for porn, particularly gifts. Like I, used, I used, went through a big phase of like just gift porn was the best, um, yeah. because you just get like just the moment. Just the moment yeah. that was the moment <laughs> of the whole porn. And you just get to rewatch it and then just... And if you can find someone whose like porn collection exactly matches your taste, oh, oh it's, it's so good. It's, it's a bit dangerous, but yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so, and I would notice in, in that, in using Tumblr for porn, that uh, the people that I would follow they might start posting stuff and I would be like, ooh, I really want to make sure that I do not get into that. So I'm just going to not follow that Tumblr. <laughs> like if so, You didn't want to escalate your own... Yeah, uh, like I was really conscious of how, how my interests were escalating. So if someone was doing something that I was like, I really don't want to go there and I know yeah. that right now I am not, but I also know how this escalation works and that yeah. I may someday be into that then i'll be like unfollow so because of what i write and what i do i end up talking to a lot of people about their kinks and the most innocent looking people have some of the dirtiest kinks and so i just think there's no correlation like i really dislike this idea that you can't separate the two things uh anyway we're almost out of time Uh, i'm gonna quickly tell you a story about a porn tumbler wait you're telling me a story about a porn tumbler yes oh Okay, we need to talk about sex some more because I didn't get to my point, but we'll get there. Okay, do it now. Quickly, go. My point is just that I so I have some like mixed feelings around kink. I'm like all for kink and people doing their thing and anything between two consenting adults and, and is fine. Um, that's all good. But at the same time, I've, wished, I've witnessed in myself escalation and also how that pigeonholes me. Like I've been in situations where I'd be like, fuck, I don't think I can find anyone else who's going to... Like, it's going to be like this. Be into that. And that's really, that feels really restrictive. And what's been interesting is I was in that situation and then that was, it made that relationship go on longer than it should have. Anyway, when that relationship ended, I ended up being in a relationship with someone who's very, very, like, not kinky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck. I really like you, but also, like, this maybe this is never going to work and damn my fucking kinkiness. I hate this. Ah! <laughs> See, um, this is what I don't get about monogamy. Like what are the odds that you're going to find someone who you're truly in love with and is exactly sexual, sexually compatible with you? I mean, there's also that. There's also that, you know, other opportunities, blah, blah, blah. But if it's someone that you're going to be spending a lot of time with and you feel like that kinkiness is really integral for you, that, you know, that still becomes a problem even if you have... Like, it can feel like a problem even if you have other options. Anyway, what was interesting was that after that other relationship, I stopped using my porn tumbler really, 
And I just stopped really doing kinky sex and kind of just went back to basics. And I just ended up kind of getting resensitized, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, when you pair things back, I find I get off on really different things now, which is kind of nice for me. You know, I still definitely have that appetite and I'm like thinking about that a little bit more nowadays of like, oh, do I actually want some more of that thing? But I like that I don't have this uncontrollable appetite for something that, that can feel narrowing or can feel like just so addictive see i've known a few people i think they've all been women but i'm not saying it's a woman thing just the people who i talk to about sex tend to be women uh see heterosexual male um and i found that a lot of people when they first get into kink they're like i don't want to have non-kinky sex and then probably like six months to two years down the line they're like no i can have i can still enjoy vanilla sex like they go through an intense period of only having kinky sex and then sort of like, okay, well, I know that that's an option on the table, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the menu is, is thrown in the bin. Yeah, I think I've been through phases with that kind of stuff, but it's really nice to go through resensitization. And I think another thing that I'm actually a really big fan of is like, I don't know if I've talked to you anything about this, but like shadow tantra type stuff or like... Uh, you have not, and I am not interested in it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's just more like... Tantra stuff without all of... I don't like Tantra with all of the, like, en- energy, masculine, divine, Mysticism. feminine, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't like that. I just like... F- Tantra is in its non-wooey form, as in, like, non-kind of, like, woo form, is um really about kind of mindfulness and sensation and, like, being okay, more yeah. present of, like, what your sensation is and and how you can gain pre- pleasure from that and so that when you do that it means that you can kind of pair back a lot and it also means that yeah anyway we'll probably talk about that another time but i just wanted to mention actually uh we've got an email address now you can email us at being honest with my ex at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments well it's at some point in the next couple of uh, months i want to do a following up with my ex podcast where we just pick up all the dropped threads from the other podcasts and and do one podcast where we follow through on all of them. So if there's anything that we've missed, so we'll I'll tell my my Tumblr story. Oh yeah. Uh, I know in the first podcast we talked about me saying all hair and bits of ass. Oh yeah, we need to talk about that. Uh, and so I'm, I've I've got a list of these. If there's any that you've noticed, send us an email with what they are. And when we do this podcast, we'll put all of them together and follow up on all the loose threads. Uh, but for now, I believe we have an outro. Oh yeah, we do. Can I get you to help me? Oh, I don't want to do this stuff. You just have, you just have to say, read something. Yeah, that sounds like a different. <laughs> it's very easy. <laughs> I believe in you. I don't want to do this. <laughs> You're so consent positive, SJ. <laughs> I felt bad at the time, if that helps. Thanks for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a review and tell your friends. Peter is my favourite son. (laughs) That's silly. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) You want me to say this and it's silly? Yeah. Then you're going to put it out everywhere? Yeah. But no one will think that you're silly. I don't even understand it. Peter is my favourite son. He sounds so hurt. You You did a better job than I would have that. Thanks, Dad. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think his feelings are actually hurt. I think he just gets worried that people are gonna laugh at him rather than with him.
that right. makes sense. Like that he'll sound stupid, but I don't think he does. Uh, anyway, this has been uh, being. Oh, we just did the outro, didn't we? <laughs> uh, this has been our Christmas episode. <laughs> we talked about Christmas the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs>